Would you turn, please, to Habakkuk? They'll put it on the screen for us, but Habakkuk 2 and 4. It's indeed a pleasure to be with you again. As, as Pastor Max said, we've, uh, we, we count your pastor's friends. and I'm so impressed with what the Lord has done in them and in you and in this church and work. It is no accident that a church this strong has been here this long the way it has. God has sustained you and blessed you. You're blessed with good leaders. Do, do you believe this? You are. Churches close their doors on a regular basis, and uh, God has sustained you. Are you thankful for this? He's increased you, blessed you, made you a mighty influence in your area and far beyond, enabled you to underwrite and help send many. Are you thankful for this? This is no small thing. This is no small thing. You're a part of something. We're going to be so glad when all this is over that we were a part of these things that affected the kingdom of God. We're going to be, you, you, we just don't know how glad we're going to be till we get there. But in Habakkuk 2.4, I'm impressed with this uh, for my time with you. Verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now we're familiar with that last phrase, the just shall live by his faith. It's quoted at least three times in the New Testament that I'm aware of. The just shall live by faith. And this is one of the first times you see it in the word. But you'll notice here it doesn't just say the just shall live by faith. What does it say? The just shall live by his faith. That's very significant. Did you know you can't live by somebody else's faith? Even those close to you. You can't live by your, uh, uh, you know, once you get to a certain age, especially when you get to your teen years and especially late teens, you can't live on mom and daddy's faith anymore. You, you have to learn, they can help you, they can join with you, but they can't just do it for you. When children are real, really small, especially little ones, parents receive for them just like they're receiving for themselves. You can use your faith, little ones. But when you get older, the Lord expects you to come directly to him. He expects you to develop a personal relationship with him yourself and trust him for yourself. And as an adult, you can't just depend on other people believing for you. You've got to learn how to believe for yourself. People can believe with you, but not just for you when you're doubting and unbelieving. The just shall live by his faith. Uh, faith is inseparable from vision. When you say, I'm believing for something... There has to be a vision that goes with that. What are you believing for? Well, the what you're believing for, that's the vision. And again, just like you can't live by somebody else's faith, you can't live by someone else's vision. Now, you can be influenced by it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the big things uh, with a church family is the power of unity and unified faith. 
But in order for that to happen, we have to be on the same page. We have to embrace the same vision. And so when you hear a vision, uh, and it can be as simple as a vision of you being symptom free, <laughs> as you being out of debt, as you being free from depression, or it can be as simple as that. But uh, it can't be that somebody else had a great miracle because they could see it happening and they received it. Uh, that, that's not enough. You can be inspired, but it has to come to the place, you have to come to the place where you see that happening for you. Amen. Are y'all with me, friends? You see, you, and, and not just talk. And if you don't see it, it's not okay to pretend you see it. Is everybody listening? Yeah. Uh, I heard this some years ago. Uh, Well-known minister, I love them, I appreciate them. I don't agree with them on this point. They, they talked about that what you need to do is fake it till you make it. <laughs> Talking about with faith, you know. Well, just fake it till you make it. Absolutely not. There is no pretending in faith. There's no pretending in God. Y'all with me, friends? If you don't see it, you don't see it. Don't pretend that you do. What do you do? You, you need to do something to cause yourself to get to the place where you do see it. How does that happen? Immerse yourself in the Word of God on that subject. Seek the Lord about it. Pray in the Spirit about it. Be around people. It's great to be around people that have bigger vision than you do in that area, but you can't just get it by osmosis. Now, you can be inspired and stirred up, but you got to get to the place where you see it happening. You see it for yourself. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus ministered to that woman at the well, uh, and she went back and told the people. And then later, uh, he came and preached to them. And their response was, now we believe, not because of your word, but we have heard him for ourselves. Hallelujah. And there is no substitute for hearing him for yourself, seeing it for yourself. Hallelujah. You need to be able to see you. Not just somebody heard a great testimony about, that's great, it inspires you, but you've got to see you. I know when the, the Lord first dealt with uh, us to believe for a, a jet for the ministry, he had to talk to me about it. I, I didn't just jump on it because I knew for where we were, that was bigger than where we were. And, uh, but I, thankfully, I got to hang around Brother Kenneth Copeland's son. And actually got to ride with uh, Brother Mac as they flew uh, the Hagens around for a year or two and, and, and helped me, helped me. But then when I started to believe for hours, I'm, I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to see, you know, me and Phyllis and, and our staff in the plane and, and the plane going down the runway and it takes off and, and I look and no, that's Brother Kenneth flying the plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's not me. I look back in the back. No, that's Miss Gloria in the back. You understand what I'm talking about? I could see them. I couldn't see me. And it had to come to a place where that changed. And thank God over a, time, a period of months and, and concerning the whole vision, years, things changed. 
I began to see it, began to look closer to me, more in reach to me, and it came to pass. Can you say, thank you, Lord? Whatever that might be, you've got to see it for yourself. The just shall live by his faith or her faith. Now, notice this first part, though. It goes with it. Notice this previous part. I'm going to read this in the New American Standard. It says, Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Now, we are familiar with that last phrase, but why does that other part precede it? Why are you talking about pride in the same verse? We're talking about living by faith. In my few years of walking with the Lord, I've come to see this clearer and clearer. One of the big enemies of faith is pride. Pride. We already were talking about some of, some of this just a moment ago. Pride is a pretender. Pride pretends. Now, one of the big uh, characteristics of the opposite of pride, humility, is just honesty. You show me a humble man or woman, I'll show you an honest man or woman. They, they're inseparable. Go with me to the book of James, please. The book of James. Did I lose somebody? Okay. James chapter four. Now, uh, when I'm talking about pride, I'm not talking about something that a few people uh, need to, to, to you know, get over. Every one of us, every one of us Amen. has to deal with pride. Hmm? I used to teach a course in Raymond Bible Training Center where we taught on some of these things, pride and humility, and not once but many times I'd have people come to me and say, you know, Brother Keith, before I took your course, I never had any trouble with pride. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have trouble with what you just yield to. Yeah, you see that? It's when you identify it and you start dealing with it, that's when you find that. It's kind of like habits. People say, well, I can quit this anytime I want to. Okay, show us. Right? <laughs> then when you actually begin to, you realize it, the flesh had a bigger hold than, than you thought, than you realized. But uh, pride is, is something to be detested. It's something to be despised. Now, in our modern society, people think, well, you know, not, not good pride, Brother Keith. You know, I'm, I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of this. I mean, what's wrong with that? A lot. Somebody said, what? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because they're your kids. You're proud of your Kids, it's still a focus on yourself. Do you remember when Jesus was baptized in the river and he came up and the Holy Spirit came on him? Remember what the father spoke out? This is my beloved son. I'm so proud of him. Huh? No, no. You can be thankful. You can be appreciative. You can be pleased. But to be proud goes into something that is the very nature of the devil regardless of what area you're talking about. 
There's no such thing as a good pride. If you want to do a good study on it, look through the book of Proverbs sometime and see God says it's abomination to him. He said he hates it. Pride. Well, why? Because it is the nature of the evil one. You don't want to be anything like the evil one now, do you? No. Huh? If you're serious about this, I'll lead you in a prayer. That will help you through. I did this for myself years ago. I'll just, I'll tell you up front. It's not flattering and it's not fun, but it'll change your life. You want to do it? Yes. Sit out loud. Father God, Father. you hate pride. I hate what you hate. I ask you to reveal to me pride in my life. Help me to see it. Help me to identify it. Show me how to overcome it. How to resist it. And become more like the master. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You remember what the Lord said about him? He said, come learn of me. You remember that in Matthew? Jesus said, come learn of me. And then he says what? Of all the things he could have pointed out describing his nature, he said, I am meek and lowly of heart. He said, come to me and you'll find rest unto your souls. Why would he say that? Well, he talked about being labored and uh, burdened and heavy loaded, but also this. Maintaining a facade is exhausting. Huh? It is. It's fatiguing. I've heard people say before, you know, well, you've been out traveling, you've been out doing things. I said, oh man, I'll just be so glad when I can get home and let down my hair and just be myself. Well, who you been being with us? <laughs> right? Just be myself. Now we laugh, but there is this thing in the flesh. See, when you got born again, it wasn't your flesh that got born again. It wasn't even your mind that got born again. It was the inner man that got recreated. And all of us still got that same thing of the flesh to deal with, just like every sinner's flesh is. And there's this desire to impress. There's this desire not to be embarrassed are ashamed. And it all, so many responses, people getting angry, people getting hurt, so much of it comes back to pride. You didn't want people to realize, yeah, but was it true? Yeah, but I didn't want anybody to know. <laughs> and, and that is pride. But, but what's the problem with that? It's right, it's directly interferes with you and I living by faith. Do you remember our text? It directly interferes with living by faith. Look in James 4, please. James 4. <clears throat> Verse 6. It says that God gives more grace. Uh, living by faith is, is God's call for our life. It's, it's the only way to success and victory. But something precedes faith, always, and that's grace. I've had people ask me, well, now you're a 
You, you a grace person or a faith person? <laughs> grace or faith? Faith or grace? And I say, yes. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? You, you can't have one without the other. Somebody says, well, you, you, it's not just all up to God. That's true. You got to live by faith. That's true. But you wouldn't even know what faith is if it wasn't for grace. You wouldn't have had the opportunity to hear the word if it wasn't for grace. You wouldn't have had the ability to understand it and believe it if it wasn't for grace. You cannot separate the two. But here's the big thing. If we're walking by faith, we've got to have grace. But not everyone gets grace. Really? Read the scripture. He said, God gives more grace. There's always more grace to receive. Wherefore, he says, God does what? He, he gives grace to the proud too? No. No. The proud do not get grace. They don't receive grace. And this is about the most terrible thing that could happen to you in life. Because grace... It's been called many things, but basically it means gift. Everything uh, that God has, all the grace that God has extended is a gift. All of it's a gift. And part of the gift of grace is his ability, his strength, his help. How many understand that with enough of God's help, you can get through anything? It's the truth. If you're struggling, you're not quite there, more grace is your answer because that gets you to more faith. Come on, can you see this? More grace. Uh, getting revelation, that's grace. Being able to understand, that's grace. Having the help. When the Lord deals, uh, has your ministers to preach on certain things and when he gives you things in the nighttime and when he reveals things to you when you're driving down the road, grace, 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 help, help, help. Can you see it? And if something had just seemed too big for you to receive, it just seemed too high, too hard. Well, it's not that it's too hard to receive. It's just that the faith is small and the vision is small. What do we need? Somebody might say, we need more faith. Well, we do, but it's inseparable from the more grace, more help to get there. And who gets the grace? Come on, help me out. He resists the proud. This alone is why you want to get rid of pride, right? How many want more of God's help? Do you want more help? And this is part of humility is acknowledging that you need his help every day. Acknowledging that you need it. Hallelujah. You, we, we can't get dressed in the morning the way we should without his help. Hmm? Do you need his help driving down the road? You better believe it. It's all the stuff you don't know about. Right? You don't know about uh, everybody in those cars. I mean, we got people playing video games. We got people putting on their makeup and fixing their hair. Is that right? While they're driving, we got all kinds of crazy things going on. You don't even know about all of them. 
You need his help. Turn, look at your neighbor, help him out, say, you need help. You need, you need help. <laughs> and what you need to say is, I know it. I know it and, and I have help. I have help. I have the greater one. I got the helper, capital H. But did you know the Holy Spirit helps some people a whole lot more than he does other people? It's just a fact. Why? Because some look to him more. They look to him more. They rely on him more. They yield to him more. The pride, the proud don't get the grace. They get resisted. But the humble, they receive grace. Even grace upon grace. Even more grace. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Verse 7 says, submit yourselves. James 4, 7, submit yourselves. This is something no one else is going to do for you. No one else can do it. The understood subject is you. You submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Look with me in Proverbs, the third chapter, please. Proverbs 3. And verse 5. Let me just give you a couple of phrases. I, I've got a series, if you're interested, it won't cost you anything. You can go online and get it. It's, uh, it's called Humility, Key to Greater Grace. And any of our materials that you want, you can go online and, and get them. Uh, it won't cost you anything. But we get into some of these details. I'll give you just a couple of these phrases, though, this morning. Pride pretends and is phony. Humility is honest and real. Pride hides and covers Humility is open and confesses. Pride, another thing about it, pride presumes and assumes. Humility asks and inquires. <laughs> pride presumes, humility asks. Y'all with me, friends? Just some characteristics of these. Because the Lord, you, you prayed a prayer. Were you serious just a moment ago? You prayed a prayer? He's going to help you. It's going to come up. And it's not going to make you happy either. But getting free will really make you happy. You'll say something. You'll do something. It'll come up and you'll go, that's pride. That's ugly, stinking pride. Now, the reason I say that is because the psalmist said that the Lord, the proud, he knows afar off. It's like he's holding them at arm's length. It's like they smell. <laughs> Pride stinks, I guess. To him. He knows them afar off, but he's close. He draws near to the humble and contrite in heart. Well, it's being Christ-like, meek and humble. How do, we, how do we do this? Uh, pride presumes, humility asks 
or inquires. You know, David inquired of the Lord all the time, didn't he? And it's interesting because he'd have a very, very similar situation like the Philistines are coming against us again. He's done this numerous times with wonderful results. You got to watch about thinking, I've done this. I know how to do this. I got this, God. <laughs> can you see that? I can take care of this. Now, if something big comes up, I'll check back with you. But, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I got this. I got. That's when pride goes before a. Yeah. And he wouldn't do that, though. Even though it, looks, it looked identical, the Bible said he would inquire of the Lord. Should I go up against them? And, and numerous times he'd say, yeah, go up against them. You'll prevail. But it's a good thing he asked. After many years, same thing happened. He said, should I go up against them? And, and the Lord said, no. This time, go around behind the mulberry trees. New strategy. If anybody ever comes out with a thousand volume set on what to do in every situation... Save your money. Don't buy it. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's the best preachers in the world. Don't buy it. Because if that would do it, you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. You, you got to watch about looking in the past to determine what to do in the future. And the Lord quickened to me, you know, time is progressing. And God's will is that things that used to take 10 years to happen. They don't take 10 years to happen. They happen in a year. Come, I mean, you see what I'm talking about? God, things are moving and happening. And just because it was a struggle to you and hard for you to believe or to do it back then, you have grown. You have developed. You're at a different place. Time's at a different place. Don't just look back and expect to duplicate that. Look forward with fresh anticipation and expectation, and inquire. Somebody say inquire. Inquire. Ask the Lord. Ask him how to do it. You see that right here in Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's humility. Lean not to your own understanding. If you're just relying on your own understanding, that's pride. You're acknowledging, I don't care how brilliant you might think you are. The Bible, the scripture said, if any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Compared to God, what we know doesn't, doesn't, doesn't fill the bottom of a thimble. Now, thank God for what we know. But we're talking about the ancient of days here. When he calls us his little children, it's not a figure of speech. Because <laughs> developmentally, that's where we are. Compared to him, and I just know some of the things we come up with sometimes. It's like a child holding up a crayon drawing. And he goes, oh, that's pretty, baby. That's nice. That's not, and we're thinking it's really advanced. Because <laughs> he loves us. He don't want to discourage us. But to say he knows more than we do, whew, that's an understatement. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Do we need him to direct our past? Do we need help? With him helping us every step of every day. So how does that happen? We have to acknowledge him. In what? In the big things. Huh? In, in the big hard stuff. We, we acknowledge him. 
Have you ever heard people say this? Well, I guess there's nothing left to do now but pray. <laughs> Has it come to that? <laughs> I guess that's all. We I missed them. That's what we should have done first. We should have started this out with an inquiry. Of the right, we, we should started this out. Ask. You have not because you ask. ask not. Sometimes people have this concept of God. He, he's, he's the heavenly operator. He's got the headset on and that old plug and jack, you know, uh, uh, phone thing. And he's answering calls from kings and presidents and, and soldiers in the foxhole. And, he, and he's got, even the Almighty, has got a bead of sweat on his brow because there's so many... <laughs> The boards just lit up. <laughs> and I've heard people say, oh, I don't want to bother the Lord with this. I don't want to bother. You ever heard that? I don't want to bother the Lord. You, you don't know who you're talking about. There is no heavenly switchboard. I know he's saying call him up, tell him what you want, but there is no <laughs> heavenly switchboard. God wouldn't even have a computer. That'd be like an ox cart to him. You just have no, no use for such a thing. So we think we're so advanced, but I'm telling you. <laughs> compared to him, it's, whew, God. And he's not old. He's not old. He's sitting on the throne. And there is no sweat. There's no perspiration. And he can hear everybody's prayer at once. And he can answer them. Uh, if, if everybody on the planet made a demand with their faith and in prayer on his ability, he could answer it all simultaneously. And the lights in heaven wouldn't even flicker. <laughs> Do you believe it or not? He can answer the president's call. He can answer the, the mother's prayer. He can answer the soldier's prayer and help you find a parking place downtown at the same time <laughs> with, with no problem. You have not. Because you didn't check. You didn't check. We should continually be checking, acknowledging him, asking, looking, checking. Just continue. You don't have to say a bunch of things out loud. You just, it's a way of life. It's a way of living. It's a lifestyle. You just learn to do that. Every, everything that comes up, you're checking. You're checking. You're checking. And if you acknowledge him, he's right there to direct you. Hallelujah, to direct your path. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to John 5. In closing, I think. Well, you guys listen well. I enjoy preaching to you. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's so much to be said about this, but I want you to notice how that this is truth. This is not just some, some idea that I had last week. John 5 and 30. Gospel account of John, chapter 5 and 30. Jesus said, I can... Of my own self, do what? This is something many have not realized. People preach and say, you know, Jesus walked on the water. Why? Because he's God. Jesus, you know, 
raise the dead. Why? Because he's God. Well, that's a true statement technically, but you're leaving a very wrong impression. You're implying he did that as God. And he said that as he walked the earth, how much could he do of his own self? Nothing. So he couldn't just go heal somebody or work a miracle, Jesus said, because he decided to. Most church-going people don't believe that. But the Bible says it very clearly and plainly. Philippians tells us he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory. He became like other men. Now, think about this. When he was 30 years old, baptized in the River Jordan, he came up and the Holy Spirit came on him. And the other scripture said he had the Spirit without measure. Well, the anointer doesn't need to be anointed. Can you see that? It proves he's functioning as a man with no unfair advantage over us because he had to be anointed at that juncture. Can you see that? And then he went, he went out ministering in that anointing. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. Is this also humility? Do you hear the humility of the master? Do you know he never took credit? He never took personal credit for one message he preached or for one healing or for one miracle. He said, the father, the father, the father in me, he does the works. I only say what I hear the father say. I only do what I see the father do. Can you see this? If he speaks like that, how should we speak? The father, the Lord, the, the spirit. He said, uh, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. Skip on down to verse, uh, what is it, 42, I believe it is. Or Actually, 43 for time's sake. He said, I'm come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only. In the Amplified, it says it like this. Jesus said, this is right from the master, how is it possible for you to believe? So is there something here that can really hinder your faith? You who are content to seek and receive praise and honor and glory from one another, and you don't seek the praise and honor and glory which come from him who alone is God. We must get delivered from the fear of man. We must get free from the desire to impress others with what we know or with our faith. There are those who should still be among us who, who died young and early that could have been helped by things like a surgery or a procedure or medicine because their faith wasn't where they were trying to operate but they're trying to prove to other people. They were trying to show their family that this is real. And they were embarrassed to say, I might need some help on this or that. There is no place for pretending in faith. If you don't see it, if your confidence is not there, don't try to pretend like it is. Use your faith where you are. Now that doesn't mean in that specific instance that it's go to the doctor or believe God. If you're going to the doctor, you better believe God. Yes, 
And if you're going to let them roll you in that cold operating room and work on you while you're unconscious, you better have released some faith. You, you better be in faith before you do that. Right? And if you need a little help right now, you, then you take it and you'll be thankful for the help. And maybe next time your faith's at a different place. You don't need that much help next time. But you don't, you're not going to be successful by pretending. Brother Kenneth Hagin had multiple visions, he said, by the head of the church. And one of those uh, that he had, he said, the master, he saw him. He said, he saw him just like he's, he's, you see any other human person. And he said, he said this among other things to him. He said, when any of my people have procedures, ask me to speed up the healing process working in them. Yes. Now think about that. Why didn't he just say, you know, well, no, tell them don't go to the doctor. Just trust me. He didn't say that. Why? Because you don't receive according to even God's perfect will. You don't receive according to what God can do. We receive according to our faith. The just shall live by his, his faith, where our faith is at the moment. And we've seen a great result. We, we've seen instantaneous miracles, but we've also seen a lot of great things in this area as well. This is how you do it. I've done it many times. Somebody's going in. Uh, a lot of times I, I'll pray with uh, if it's some of my staff or some of uh, our people or our, our pastors will pray like this. Lord, we pray your hand on the surgeons and the assistants and the nurses. We ask you, help them to get the best sleep they have ever had. And as they, come, as they do the procedure, we ask your hand on their equipment, on their hands, their eyes, their minds. Help them to be alert. Anything they shouldn't do, check them. Keep them back from doing Anything they should know they don't know, reveal it to them. And we ask you, Lord, help them to do of the best work they have ever done in their life. And then afterwards, we ask you, increase the healing power working in their bodies and speed up the healing so that they heal up supernaturally complete and supernaturally quickly. In Jesus' name. And you release faith. And we've seen it. I've seen surgeons that have come out after that. And I don't know what, if they were believers, some of them necessarily, but they're just beaming. For lack of a better word, they're proud of the work that they just did. And they don't know it, but when they put their hands, the Holy Spirit put his hand on top of theirs. And then they did some of the best work. I actually had one tell me, he said, that's the best work I've ever done. <laughs> and I did. I, I said, we prayed for you. He said, well, it was good work. Hallelujah. And then when people come back in, you'll see uh, many times they've told them, this is, your progress is amazing. I mean, this is, this is twice as fast as people normally heal up. Well, that's a witness too. That's a miracle too. You won't get anywhere pretending, no matter if it's your body or your finances or your family. If it's not real to you, don't pretend, but get in the word until it is real to you and walk where you are. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. God is not comparing you with other people. He's comparing you with the light he knows he gave you. Can you say amen? amen. 